you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Thank you, Miss Debbie, for following along. I usually don't sing with music because I, I destroy it. Because I don't know music, I just sing you know, from my heart. She did a wonderful job. Um, I want to preach, uh, continue preaching what we started last week. I appreciate Brother um, uh, Randy doing this uh, um, uh, introduction, uh, the first two verses of uh, 1 John. Did a great job. I appreciate his availability and, uh, and also his willingness to stay in 1 John. So let's turn to 1 John chapter 1. I preached a few weeks on fellowship. And there's a difference in fellowship and sonship. Amen. And uh, you can't lose your sonship once you're saved. I found out today, I did some research on the seven-day Adventists. And, you know, they really believe that uh, in work salvation. And I didn't really believe they did because I, I thought, man, they're too intelligent for that. But I guess they're meeting on the Sabbath. That tells you a lot about what they believe in. But they also believe that if you do not tithe, uh, you don't maintain your salvation. That's why they got so much money. Amen. I'm a great day. You thought you are going to lose your salvation if you didn't tithe. And so they, they teach that. And I've got uh, Helen White's, uh, she's a prophetess. And I want to tell you something, there's no extra biblical revelations. Amen. This is all the revelation we need from Genesis to Revelation. We don't need Helen White. And so while we're going through this First John, especially in chapter 2, I'll give you some enlightenment. But I want to tell you another cult, and that's right up the road, the Jehovah Witnesses believe that Jesus is a created being. Now, folks, that's heresy. God has never been created, and we'll prove it in the Scriptures tonight in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. Let's stand on to the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, I want to preach a message entitled The Eternal Word of Life. The Eternal Word of Life. And I also need some uh, uh, advice if anybody knows a real nice restaurant nearby uh, so I can take my wife before we go to the free supper at Elizabeth Terrace. Now, I'm really not going to go there because we've had to cancel our trip because she's going to be in the hospital all day Friday and um, with this uh, bone scan stuff. And so uh, we're going to try to find some place that's really nice nearby. But y'all know somewhere nice real by. She just wants a candlelight river flowing by the outside and, uh, and, and to look at me. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> That might take her appetite, praise God. Anyway, but anyway, uh, if y'all have a recommendation, I just don't know of any place because my favorite restaurant is McDonald's. But, uh, uh, and so I got to get a little deeper than that. Amen. <laughs> Let's go to uh, 1 John chapter 1, and uh, we'll go back to John chapter 1 in just a minute. I told Brother Cody I made a bad mistake. I, I, I said John 1 11. It's supposed to be John 1 1. And boy, he got his fingers a moving. He said, I got it fixed. You know, I want to tell you this, and not reference to him, but, you know, it used to be we used to gossip with our tongues. Now we gossip with our thumbs. Come on, y'all get it. Amen. So don't just put your tongue on the altar, gossipers. Put your thumbs on the altar. Amen. So I, I thought that was kind of funny. All right, but, <clears throat> all right, First John chapter 1. Let's get serious, praise God. It says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, with our eyes which we have looked upon, and our hands have we handled of the word of life. That's talking about Jesus, word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life. That's what Brother Randy preached on yesterday, bearing witness, 
And it says, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. And we also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father. That's amazing. I'm going to preach on that a little while. And with His Son, Jesus Christ. That's more amazing too. And listen to this. And these things write we unto you that your joy be full. There's no greater joy than being in the fellowship with God. And there's no greater joy going to heaven when you leave this earth. And as I preached to the little children this morning over at Canaan land, there's no greater he- uh, joy than having your prayers answered. And I preached on five roadblocks to not having your prayers answered. And on the way I was late and I prayed, oh God, I had two answers of prayer on the way to chapel. Number one, that the, plan- that the crazy train would not block Rosaka because I would have never made it. And number two, that God would forgive me the way I was driving. He did both, and God moved, amen? But folks, it says these things, uh, I write unto you that your joy may be full. There's nothing like being in fellowship with God. Only, I just want to read two, two more verses, three more. This then is the message which we have heard of Him, and declaring to you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say, and that's mentioned I think 13 times in this book, if we say, we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness. We lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He's in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. I'm glad I can walk with Jesus. But I want to reveal to you who Jesus is tonight. And I believe that's the foundation of this book is believing right about who Jesus is. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you that you are the master of the wind. And truly you can make the sun shine again. Even when our heart is broke, and we feel like the cloud will never go over us, never, never leave us. God, you do break through. And God, I pray that you give us faith to know that the sun's coming up in the morning. And God, that there is going to be victory and there's going to be peace one day in heaven. But Lord, there can be peace and joy and purpose on this earth as we bring heaven into our homes, into our lives, through the Holy Spirit of God. So Lord, help us, Lord, as we preach tonight just a few minutes on the eternal word of life. God, thank you that you're eternal. God, help us never to be as the cults up the street, or no matter what street, that believe that Jesus is just a great teacher or that He's just a created being. God, You're more than that. You're God. You always will be God, and You're God alone, and You don't even need us, but Lord, You've chosen to fellowship with us and to be glorified through our little old lives. So Lord, help us, and we'll praise You and thank You for what You do in and through this study of the book of 1 John. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. You know, last week, Brother Randy preached the first three verses on uh, declaring God and that, you know, that's exactly what John was doing. Uh, he was communicating the message that who of Jesus was. And folks, we ought to count it a great privilege that we, we represent the living God and that, uh, that there's fullness of power and, and it's the holiness of the life of Christ and, and we are to uh, have the evidence in our life of a redeeming Christ and a resurrected Christ. He's alive. If he's not alive, what are you doing here? What am I doing up here? 
Our preaching is in vain. Our faith is in vain. Our praying is in vain. If he's not alive, we're all just most miserable, as the Bible says, getting ready for Easter in a couple of weeks or a few weeks. And folks, the Bible tells us that uh, true Christian life, uh, that we may know that we have eternal life, 1 John 5, 13, is the theme of this book. It's the test of true Christian life. It's one thing to be saved, but it's another thing to be sanctified. And, uh, you know, it's so wonderful. John wrote three books. And in those three books, he, uh, he covered, in the Gospel of John, he emphasized salvation. That's past history. Christ died for us, and the Word was made flesh. We'll get into that in just a minute. Then the first John, he emphasizes on sanctification. Uh, that's a present experience. Christ lives in us, and the Word's made real in us. And then Revelation, that's the emphasis on glorification. And that's the future hope. That's Christ comes for us, and the Word uh, is conquering in our life. So you got the Gospel of John, emphasis on salvation. You got the Gospel of the, of the first epistle, and really second John and third John also, the emphasis on sanctification. And then Revelation is on glorification. You got salvation, past tense, present tense, and future tense. I thank God I was saved from the penalty of sin, past tense. I'm saved from the presence of sin or the dominion of sin, present tense. Past tense is the, is the penalty of sin. And then one day, future tense, I'm going to be delivered from the very presence of sin. Won't that be wonderful over there? No more sin, no more sickness, no more sorrows, no more, um, uh, it'll be glory land. No more funeral trains, no more uh, goodbyes. It's going to be wonderful. Heaven's a wonderful place to be going to. But until then, the nasty now and now is here before the sweet by and by. And folks, a fellowship is the test. The key verse is verse 5. It says, this then is the message, John chapter, 1 John chapter 1, which we have heard of him and declaring to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. The key word is fellowship, found in verse 3. It says, in which we have seen and heard, declaring to we unto you that also you may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Now folks, that is a rebuke to this dead religion. We're not worshiping um, statues. We're not worshiping images. God help us. You know, when I was down in uh, Arequipa, Peru, uh, they took us through a monastery. And there was uh, all kinds of images of Mary, and, and she was all uh, uh, decked out and glowing. And, and I mean, there were seven-foot images. And then you'd go through the monastery, and you'd see pictures of Mary praying for a sick Jesus in a bed. And so they, they're, 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 it's idolatry. It's wicked idolatry that you'd make Mary God and make her the interceder and, uh, and that you give penance to Mary. And so, folks, it's sad. It's sad. Our fellowship is not a dead religion. Our fellowship is alive. And the key thought is light cannot fellowship with darkness. Amen. That's the whole thought of the whole book. John gives three tests of true Christian fellowship. It's the test of obedience. That's chapter 1, verse 5, through chapter 2, verse 6. There's the test of love. That's chapter 2, verse 17, 7 through 17. Then there's the test of truth. And that's chapter 2, verse 18 through 29. And then there's the uh, sonship. You've got fellowship, then you've got sonship. 
God is love. Uh, and that's uh, the key verse is God is love, 1 John 4, 8. And the key words is born of God. That's mentioned one, two, three, four, five times in the book of uh, 1 John. You want to know if you're saved? Go to the born of God and see if your life lines up with it. There ought to be some fruit. Amen. And there's no fruit, there's no roots. Amen. And then we see um, uh, the, uh, the key thought is those who are born of God should live like God's children. There ought to be some fruit. There ought to be a difference. And John gives three tests of this true sonship, same test, obedience, love, and truth. It ends with uh, John, 1 John chapter 5. And so that's an overview of the whole book. But tonight I want to just cover uh, a few of the verses, probably just verses 1 through 7, maybe just verse 1 and 2. I know Brother uh, Randy preached on this, but this is not the same message. This is um, the first study from the book of 1 John we looked at last week was uh, our role and responsibility in sharing the word of life. But once again, we want to look at it and see who is the word of life. And, and, and his name is the eternal God. His name is Word of Life. And, and that's all synonymous with Jesus. Jesus is the eternal God. So let's look first of all at the word in the beginning, uh, the eternal life. Uh, look, at verse, um, uh, look, look at verse 1. It says, uh, it says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Then he goes on to say that he was manifested. Now, folks, that's where we and the cults differ. The cults believe that uh, he's just a good prophet or he's a good teacher, but we believe that Jesus has never had a beginning, that he always has been. And, folks, the Bible says it in his other epistle, uh, his other book. Look at John chapter 1. And Brother uh, uh, Cody's already changed that to John chapter 1, verse 1, is that uh, uh, we're, he's co-eternal. He's co-eternal with the Father. That's very important that you realize that God, the very God that's always been God, has made a way by, the, by Jesus coming to you and by leaving you the Holy Spirit when He ascended for you to have fellowship with an eternal God. Now folks, that sure beats some dead religion uh, kissing somebody's foot and worshiping some idol. It, it sure beats a dead religion where you come and you think you're going to a funeral every Sunday morning because it's so dead in the sanctuary. Folks, it's not dead. If you're, if you're alive in Christ, you ought to be excited and you ought to have joy. Now, you don't have to smile all the time, but it helps to crack a smile once in a while thinking about your fellowship, but your sonship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at John chapter 1 now, a great chapter. And John, the same John wrote this. And I think it's wonderful that we got uh, all through, uh, of his epistles right here in the Holy Word of God. Look at John 1 1, and you'll see what he says. He says, In the beginning was the Word. It doesn't mean this Bible, it means Jesus. And it says, and in the Word was with God. But no more than that, the Word was God. Now folks, cults have a hard time with that, with that uh, verse. Folks, he's co-eternal. Biblically sound in our faith, we believe that God is the very God and that Jesus is God and the Holy Spirit is God. And we need to settle that. 
We need to be settled on our salvation, that we have blessed assurance. Uh, I, if I was a seven-day Adventist, I would not have any assurance at all that I was saved because they don't give you that assurance because they want to keep you working. Helen White's works were, uh, was a, a, a doctrine of works. And folks, let's just put it straight. If you're not saved by grace and believe you're kept by grace, then you're going to work yourself to death trying to stay in grace. That's not God. It's not do, do, do. It's done. It is finished. The cross of Calvary was enough. And so I believe you're low. I don't care how many doctors you have, and I don't care how many rich friends you might have up the street. I'm going to tell you something. They're dead wrong because it's work salvation. Amen. It's religion. It's keeping the Sabbath. We're not under the law. We're under grace. We worship on the first day of the week. Why? Because we're celebrating the resurrection. Up from the grave he arose. Amen. It's a new, it's a, it's a, it's a new life that we have in Christ. And so we want to, we want to look at this real quick. quick that uh, 1 John 1.1 1, 1 says that he, he calls him uh, the eternal God. Look at, look at that first verse. And we'll come back. Mark this. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. And the word was God. That's so self-explanatory. I don't believe we need to go there much tonight. That's just, that's just the truth. But in 1 John, he starts talking about fellowship. And he starts talking about who you're going to fellowship with. And I want to lift up Jesus real high tonight. And I want you to lift up the Christian life really high. And not yourself. Because you didn't do anything to get in. God did everything to save you. Amen. It's all by grace. But I want to tell you something. When, when you're saved, there ought to be a gratefulness, and there ought to be a love, and there ought to be a loyalty, and there ought to be some obedience, and there ought to be some holiness in your life. There ought to be some light in your life. What fellowship has light with darkness? We'll get to that in just a minute. But I want you to see, first of all, that uh, he calls him the eternal life. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen in our own, in our own eyes, and we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show it to you, that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. He called Jesus the eternal life. He called him two things, the word of life, and the eternal life. So number one is, God is is eternal. So he's co-eternal with the Father. Number two, he coexists with the Father. Um, he said he was with God. That means he was uh, towards his face, literally in the Greek, John 1.1. 1, 1. And in the beginning, God created man. And then we see in Genesis 1.26, it says, let us create man in our image. Who's us? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so then look at verse 2. He says, And the life was manifested. That means He came to this earth, born in a manger. And we have seen it, and we bear witness of it. He even touched Him. And He showed unto you that the eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. He did not cease to be God when He was in the womb. That's why I know life begins at conception, because God did not cease as a, to become a massive uh, protoplasm uh, in somebody's womb and that he was just uh, some cells. No, he's, he's, he was God in the womb. Matter of fact, 
uh, John leapt and praised God in the womb when he got close to Mary. She was in Elizabeth. Amen. And Elizabeth was so poor she only had turtle doves as an offering. And uh, she was a handmaiden of the Lord. And she's she's the mother of Jesus, but she's not the mother of God. I said, she's not the mother of God. That's, that's heresy. That's wicked. That's idolatry. God help us. I'm trying to be compassionate. But I want to tell you something, friend. I have little patience with people that low-rate Jesus. And folks, he coexisted with the Father. Think about that just a second. He has always been. And so he's not only co-eternal, he's not only coexistent. Let us make man in our image. Us is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. When at creation, they were all there. And they weren't created. And then number three, Jesus was co-equal with the Father. In John 1, 1 it says, and he, he was not only with God, he was God. And folks, he's, he's still God. He's the great I Am. Amen. And um, in uh, John chapter 10, verse 30, let's look at that. John chapter 10, verse 30. Please. The Bible says this. I and my Father are one. Amen. And those verses right above it says, My Father which gave them uh, me is greater than all. See, when you got saved, you were um, a gift to Jesus from the Father. And God's not an ending giver. He's not going to disown you. He's not going to disinherit you. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. You can't even lose yourself. Who would want to? And folks, you're part of the fingers. You're part of the body. You're the fingers. You can't lose a finger. You could could physically, but not spiritually. I want you to look at uh, John chapter 14, verse 9. John 14, 9, to establish this fact. And then I'm going to get somewhere about the privilege of fellowship. Some people wassay in church and wassay out, and they just, um, they, don't, they, they, they don't look like they're, they're glad to be here. And I don't judge a book by its cover, but you can't help it sometimes. You ought to smile once in a while, amen? It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. You can really relax if you just smile. So I don't feel like smiling. I didn't ask you how you felt. Just by faith, smile, amen? Or at least nod your head. Or at least listen, amen? You don't have to be an ameniner. I miss Miss Jackie. She's an ameniner. Uh, and, and she, she livens the place up. And I'm not trying to work up anything, but I want to tell you something, I'm not trying to work down anything either. We ought to be excited about being here. We ought to be excited about being saved. We ought to be excited that the very God invites you to fellowship with Him. And how dare us never pray and never read our Bible till we get in this church. God invites you into His presence. And the Holy Spirit escorts you into His presence. Isn't that wonderful? How many uh, uh, love to be around someone? I'm not going to ask you who that someone is. I mean, you just love to be in their presence. Why? They're positive. They smile. They encourage you. They act like you're somebody. Amen. They listen when you talk. Amen. That ought to be your husband or wife. Say amen right there. <coughs> Some people can't stand who they're living with. But I, you know, but I want to tell you something. God is the very perfect God. And he's the father. He's the creator. He's always existed. And now he's co-equal. Look at John 14, 9. John 14, 9. Jesus said to him, <coughs> Have I been so long time with you, yet hast thou not known me, Philip? And he said, He, hath, he, hath, he that hath seen me 
hast seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Old Thomas opened his big mouth again, incriminating his mind that he had not much of it. He's like Peter, put his foot in his mouth half the time. Anybody guilty of that? I used to wear white shoes so it wouldn't show up my teeth. And then they called me Pat Boone, so I had to give it up. Amen. When I was ordained, I was listed that tape that they made for me for my anniversary. I remember when I was ordained, I had white shoes and a baby blue suit on. Well, I must have thought I was, I don't know what I thought I was. <laughs> but that was the style back then. Say amen. Praise God. I wasn't trying to be flamboyant. But I want to tell you something, friend. Uh, we ought to not be impressed with ourselves. We ought to be impressed with God. We ought to realize He's inviting us into His presence. We ought to thank God for the privilege of prayer. We ought to thank God for the privilege of worship. We ought to thank God for the privilege of the next breath. Because if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't have that. The next thought, amen. Last night I was preaching to YDC, and I was preaching on the fear of God. And this little boy uh, afterwards said, you know, I think, I, I think that was a message for me. He says, I don't respect anything. I don't respect myself. And I about killed three people. And I got on drugs. And I got my girlfriend pregnant twice. I don't ask for these details. And then after the second time, she, uh, she left me. And she said, I just felt like giving up. But I want to tell you something, preacher. I got saved. And I want you to know I got a reason to live now. And I'm going to start respecting God. Now, I want to tell you something. That old boy, if he meant that, his life is changed. Because we ought to respect God if we don't respect anybody else. And you won't even respect yourself until you do. He is a co-eternal, co-existent, co-equal God. And John 14, 9 says, If you've seen me, Jesus speaking, then you've seen the Father. And then second of all, I want you to notice this, is that, uh, real quick, He's the Word in a body. He's the Word in a body. I want you to look at the term Word of Life. We used to have a Bible club around here. It got so liberal we had to give it up because he used all these other versions, called the Word of Life Bible Club. That's a great name. It'd be a good name for a church, the Word of Life Baptist Church. Don't leave the Baptists out. But I want you to see this Word of Life in this phrase. Uh, I think it's just a blessing to see in verse 1. It says, looked upon and our, and our hands have handled of the Word of Life. It's not saying a book. This is a person. 1 John 1, 1, final phrase. And folks, the word of life tells me two things. Um, the scholar A.T. Robertson states that this tense is the word speaks of making known that which already exists. Amen? Making known what already exists. Uh, this word manifest. He says, for the life was manifested. Making known what already exists. I'm going to tell you something, Jesus, you want to see God, look at Jesus. You want to see the love of God, look at Jesus. Go back to John chapter 1. You might as well just keep a marker in there, amen? John chapter 1 verse 14, love this verse. It says this, and the Word was made flesh. God was made flesh. I can't figure it, but I know the bloodline goes through the daddy. And so that was pure blood in... Uh, in uh, God, in Jesus, look at this, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, 
The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. Powerful verse. Folks, that's Christmas summed up in one verse. That's the incarnation. That's the miracle of salvation in one verse. Manifest, making known what, what, which has already existed. First of all, I want you to see the conden, condescension of God. He was made flesh. Don't you love Philippians chapter 2 where the Bible says that he was obedient. And not just obedient, but he is obedient unto death. And he thought it not robbery to be equal with God and became of no reputation, humbled himself, and was obedient even unto death. You know what that's saying? He came to this earth to die for you. And then on down about verse 9 and 10, he says, Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. He never ceased to be Lord. He never ceased to be God. And folks, this is a little deep for some people and born to others, but I want to tell you something, friend. We need to realize the word of life came to us when Jesus came to this earth. And it was a miraculous uh, conception. It was a miraculous uh, condescending. He came to this earth and humbled himself and became a man. That'd be like if I wanted to go re reach a bunch of uh, AIDS patients in an in a institute somewhere, a hospital, and I'd, I'd have to go to that hospital and get AIDS to reach those patients. That's what Jesus did. He came and he that knew no sin became sin. So the word likeness, that which is made like something or someone else, he became one of us. He identified himself with the human race by taking on a human fleshly body. He did not give up his deity for one second. He's all man and all God. That's where we get the term son of man and son of God. He was both. And folks, he is God-man. And I can't figure all that out, but I believe it. Amen? And all the prophecy, even taxes, caused Jesus to be fulfilling the very minute detail of Micah 5, 2, 913 years before it ever happened. He said he'd be born in Bethlehem. And there was a crazy law that you had to go back to your hometown and pay your taxes. And here she is on a donkey. That'd make you have a baby quick, wouldn't it? Amen? Think about that for a second. I thought my wife wasn't going to make it to Savannah when Jason was born. And it was a 58-mile trip. And I want to tell you something, I enjoyed that trip a little because I was flat flying like I was going to chapel this morning and praying there wasn't no train in Resaca. Amen? And I had to ask forgiveness for it. Don't tell nobody that I was in a hurry. But the likeness, he was God-man. But then I want you to see not only the condescension, I want you to see the communication by God, and we'll close. I, I, want, you to, I want you to realize this. Every word's inspired. Every jot, every tittle, every dotting of the eye, every crossing of the T. When you go back to 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, it says something that's very, very important. It says the Word, the Word of life, the Word. Think of, think of, think of that. He's the Word. He's the living Word. He's the eternal Word. He's a Word that is never untruthful. He's the Word of life. And folks, I want to tell you something. I thank God for the day that he described God by his person. The word simply speaks of that which is said. It is by our words that we express our thoughts. 
our feelings, our will. God's thoughts and feelings and will was that He loved you. And so He sent Jesus to communicate how much He loved you. I saw a plaque one time, Pinterest or something like that. I don't know. My wife's in that stuff. Uh, where you know, all these plaques, you know, you can get a plaque for everything. Praise God. And uh, it said, and it said, uh, I asked God how much He loved me, and here's a picture of His stretched out hand. That's how much He loved you. He loved you enough to die for you. He loved you enough to take your hell, take your sin debt, take your place, folks, take your payment of sin that you could never pay. The wage of sin is death. And folks, I want to tell you something. Uh, you might think about certain actions, but until I flesh that thought, it's not worth much. Until I speak it. And folks, I want to tell you something. What's, what, is, what is words? It's when the breath goes across the vocal cords. I didn't speak for three months of my life, so I appreciate every word and every song I can sing, every sermon I can preach, because I didn't know if I was going to ever speak again. And if you don't think that's rough on a loud mouth, long-winded preacher. It was rough sitting on that front row for three months, whispering, singing whispering hope. And God healed those nodules off my throat. It was amazing. Now I drank a lot of water and propped my head up on a pillow. It was acid reflux, they say. I don't believe that, but something helped. But I'll tell you this, friend. God help us not realize that the breath of God crossed Jesus' life to give us a word. To give us a word. And that word is, God is real. God is always right. And God is God. And He'll never cease to be God. Amen. And folks, the essence of truth is God. He's the word of life. He's the word of truth. He's eternal life. He'll never be less than that. He declares with authority that God is God. And He's real. And He's eternal. He's the eternal Word of what? Life. What a Savior. And then He closes this book. Look at it. He closes this book in 1 John chapter 5, verse 11. 1 John 5, 11. I don't want to skip to it, but I got to. Next week we'll preach on this fellowship. How to stay in fellowship. And I'll just read you the verses. But it says this, And this is the record that God hath given to us, eternal life. And this life is in His, who? Son. Not in some religion. Not in some doctrine. Not in some preacher, priest, potentate, or woman. Or man. Not in a cult leader. Not in the authority of my words. He's the Word. Amen. And thank God we have His words but thank God He's the Word. But look at verse 12. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Brother Cody, can we hurry up and go to the next slide? I want you to see what a fellowship in closing. I thought I was closing, but if I, if I let you go this early, the Master Club leaders will kill me because you'll be disturbing them to close too early. So I'm just going to give you just... Ten more minutes. We'll be out here at 8.15. I want you to look at 1 John. Anybody in a hurry? Amen. Anybody hungry? I am, but I'm going to still preach. Amen. Uh, I'll preach for food. Amen. But look at this. 1 John, uh, you've seen those signs on the side of the road? Okay, look at, look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. It says, That which we have seen, 
and heard declare we unto you, and here it is, that ye also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father. Think about that just a second. And with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. And then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light. That speaks of His holiness, sinlessness. And in Him is no darkness at all. I love that. Look at verse 6 and 7. If we say that we have fellowship with Him, God, Jesus, and walk in darkness, walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He's in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. I want you to see the basis of fellowship. 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light as He's in the light. The basis of fellowship is being saved. We call each other brother and sister around here, not because we're absent-minded Baptists and we can't remember your name. But if I can't remember a name, I just cop out and say, Hey, brother. Hey, sister. How you doing? And sometimes I forget your name. It's a shame to say, but I do. And sometimes you forget my name. And folks, listen, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believed Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're just a group of whosoevers. Calvinists. That's a sad doctrine. Predestined foreordained people go to hell. Some will go to hell. Some will go to heaven. But I want to tell you something, friend. We share something that happened internally. But also eternally. And you know, you're my brother. You're my sister. So why do we talk about each other? Why do we thumb about each other? Hallelujah. I mean, we're, we're part of the family. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Amen. We call each other brother and sister around here. What a fellowship. And what a joy divine to, to, to be linked up together with Christians around the pure Word of God. It's a thrill. It's the blessing of fellowship. Hey, how many, how many years you wasted out of fellowship? How many times you didn't belong to a church? Some of y'all wasted years. Brother Pete gives his testimony. He wasted 30 years. He's not here. He's somewhere else. Uh, 30 years. 30 years out of church. And he was miserable. And he lost everything. And he's still trying to recover some of the things he lost. That is sad. And folks, listen. Greatest privilege you have, greatest joy in your life should be to fellowship with Christ. The very God wants to fellowship with you. Who are we? Who am I that he'd bleed and die for? Well, I was the apple of his eye. I was a sinner that he came to save. Yet we as believers can enjoy the same closeness as John did when he physically touched Jesus. We have fellowship with the family of God, verse 3, with each other. But also we have fellowship with God because we're with the, with the Father. And as believers, we can enjoy the same closeness, the same very closeness. Look at John 14, 16 through 18. I'll close. John 14, 16 through 18. What happened when Jesus ascended? I'll tell you what happened. He ensured that we could have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's where the third person of the Holy Trinity come in, comes in he makes Christ real. 
He makes God real. See, if you don't pray in the Spirit, you're just mouthing words. And if you don't worship in the Spirit, you're, you come to leave. And you're bored silly. And you're just wishing you could get out of this religious duty called church. But if you're in the Spirit, and the Spirit of God is leading you, look at, look at John 14 and verse 16 through 18, please. Don't you love to study the Word of God? Amen. And this makes it real. He makes it real. Jesus Christ is real in our life because of this fact. John 14, look at verse 16. It said, And I will pray the Father that He'll give you another comforter, that He may abide with you forever. That's why I know we cannot lose our salvation. And folks, the other comforter is the word in the Greek, paraclete. And that means one that comes alongside but also this one, this another means like the other. And see, so the Holy Spirit comes into your life and it's like touching Jesus. It's like talking to Jesus. It's like walking with Jesus. It's like living with Jesus. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit does not want to be spoken of. He wants Jesus to be real in your life and He wants to lift Jesus up. That's His office. Look at verse 17. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because he seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be what? In you. Hallelujah. And look at verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Did he come to you with Jesus? Do you touch Jesus? Did he come to you with some statue? Did He come to you because He joined a Baptist church? No. He comes to you in the Spirit. He woos you to be saved. He tries to convict you that you need to be saved. He lets you see where you're at. That you're in darkness and He's light. And, and darkness cannot infiltrate light because it, it dispels each other. But He wants you to let the darkness be dispelled by the light. And folks, it's so wonderful that we have sonship because we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have fellowship in the Spirit. It's not a spooky thing. It's a real, it's a real experience. And let me just ask you a question. What can sever that fellowship? Well, look at verse 10, 1 John. Here it is. I got one minute, so I might as well use it. Amen. I set this on myself. Nobody tells me to quit. Not even if the master club went home and I still felt led we ought to preach. I'll just keep preaching. Amen. Kids will wonder what in the world. They can come in here and join us. But look at this. It says, We walk in the light as He's in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Folks, I want you to know this. Is that um, uh, the fellowship with the Father, it can be severed. That wall can be severed. Because verse 5 says this, And then is the message which I have heard of him and declared to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Light speaks of holiness. Go back to uh, slide 6, brother. Fellowship. John tells us that our fellowship can be interrupted. It can be broken. It can be severed. Not our relationship, not our sonship, our fellowship. And the character of God is light. That's holiness of God. But here's the conduct of man. Look at verse 6. If we say 
that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So the character or the conduct of man is, and this, is, this speaks of sin, S-I-N. Some churches never mention that three-letter word. They're scared to. So afraid they'll offend somebody. But I'm going to tell you something. Your sin offends God. Your sin severs the fellowship. The Bible says if you regard iniquity in your heart, he'll not hear you. Isaiah 59 says his ear is not uh, uh, short that he cannot hear, and his hand that he cannot touch you, but your sins have separated you from God, verse 2. Look it up, Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Preached on that this morning. And so here's the problem, verse 6, if we say, if we say. Most people say, well, I'm pretty good. I read a dumb book in college, pardon the expression, I'm okay, you're okay. That was the name of the book. You know, I started thinking, I'm not okay, and you're not okay either, unless you're right with God, <laughs> amen? And folks, the world wants to spew that philosophy. Oh, it's all right, just do the best you can, earn as much money as you can, and look the best you can, and dye your hair when it grows gray, and put a toupee on when it goes off, and you'll be all right. Just make a lot of money. <laughs> Have a lot of friends. But folks, I want to tell you something, nothing's right unless you're right with God. Amen. If we say, and the Bible says, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie. I didn't call you a liar, God did. We lie and do not the truth. Folks, what I'm saying is this. Our walk is sustained, verse 7, by the blood of Jesus. It goes on to verse 8 through 10 that we can confess our sins. Present tense, we can get right with God because of the blood of Jesus. He cleanses and He consecrates our life through the blood. Through the blood. When a priest became a priest, he had to put blood on his right thumb, right earlobe, and right big toe. Saying, hey, no longer is my ear, my mind, my own. No longer is my will, my own. No longer is my travel my own. I belong to God. I consecrate my whole life under the blood. And so there's always a problem in life. It's called sin. And the moment you sin, you fall out of fellowship with Christ. You pray, cannot answer, he cannot answer your prayers, and He cannot give you holy joy, and He cannot give you holy peace. And you're saved, but you are miserable because you're out of the will of God. I don't know about you, but I want to walk in the light as He's in the light. And I'm so thankful that the light came to me when I was in darkness. Didn't have anything to offer God, and He saved me. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your sonship, our sonship, and our fellowship. And God, we don't want anything to hinder our fellowship. Like the old song says, nothing between. We don't want anything in our hearts to be between us and somebody else and between us and you. We want that sweet fellowship. And what amazes me, dear God, that you allow us to fellowship with the very God, the one that made us, the one that gives us breath and life, health and strength, the next heartbeat. You invite us to come into your presence and abide with you and to fellowship with you 
all for your glory. What a privilege. May as we study 1 John, realize how precious you are and how precious the Christian life is because we get to fellowship with you. God, forgive us for not reading our Bible as fellowship and praying as sweet fellowship and serving and preaching and working and laboring as a sweet fellowship, walking in your power and in your strength, pleading the blood but praising God for the blood, the blood of Jesus that shed that was shed on the cross that we could have fellowship and sonship. Thank you for saving me. And thank you for many, many times that I've had to come back to you and claim the blood and ask forgiveness and get right and stop saying and living one thing. But let my talk and my walk coincide. We're thankful for the privilege of walking with you.